Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Hey guys, Bunny Pounds here with Conversations with Christians Engaged. I want to say thank you to James Robinson in the stream and also Christian Post and Edify for hosting and getting our podcast out to a greater audience. But I love that we can talk as a ministry about everything prayer, voting, and engagement. I mean, it's unlimited, the topics we have. Uh, We've just covered the transgenderism issue. We've just covered what is life like in a post-row world. We have covered only Jesus this year, leadership development. I mean, we are covering subjects that nobody else is covering. And now we're talking about prayer and intercession for four weeks. And I am actually in the epicenter of prayer and worship at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. For those of y'all who do not know uh, the International House of Prayer or IHOPKC, they've been going for over 20 years of 24-7 prayer and worship in this room for the nations of the earth. And I am excited to be joined with Stuart Greaves, the executive director of the ministry. Stuart? It's so good to be be with you. Oh, my goodness. I have followed, of course, Mike Bickle in this place for a long time. We brought our kids to One Thing Conference for many, many years and have just encountered God in this room myself. So it's just an honor to be with you, And you've been great friends with Corey Russell. Corey Russell. Which we love Corey. Oh, I love Corey. (laughs) I wouldn't be here without Corey and Dana. So... It's excited to talk to you. We we just uh, recorded also part of our biblical justice class um, that you're a part of, and so we're thrilled to have your book, uh, False Justice, uh, featured in that curriculum. So guys, get the biblical justice class as well. But I want to dive into prayer and the theology of prayer for a few minutes with people. You led for years the Night Watch here. Yes. I mean, twenty four seven is a big deal. To go with prayer and worship, people in a room before the Lord. Um, how do you talk to people about that calling on your life specifically, standing before the Lord in that place of prayer? Oh man, like in, like in what aspect? I mean, there's so many. Direct, are you talking specific about the night watch, let's, or are you well, talking about? Let's talk about your specific call and your yeah. family's call yeah. to prayer and intercession sure, specifically. Sure, sure, how, sure. When you ask people and say, "I'm going to do this with my life," yes. how do you communicate that? Well, you know what, for me, it I would say for me, it was a journey of desire. If I was to mm-hmm. kind of give a definition to it, there were some, there were definitely some clear moments where the Lord made it very clear to me that, no, this is the pathway that I have for you. But my journey really started as a journey of desire. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that my first five years as a Christian, I got saved when I was 14, 15 years old. You know, I was told that as a good Christian, you do basically two things. You have a quiet time and you tell people about Jesus, right? right. Those are the two things. And uh, this is when they called it quiet time back then. I don't know what they call it today. But back then. <laughs> well, we still call it quiet <laughs> okay, time. Okay, there you yeah. go. And, now uh, we got to turn off our social media feed. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I hated quiet time. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. It, it, was, it was boring. So I kind of quasi did it to not get in trouble <laughs> with God, you know. And then it became almost like just a request session, right? Kind of help me do well with my school. Help yeah, me go do, through your to-do, your yeah, prayer help list. Yeah, you know, help me with my classes, you know, help that girl like me. You know, and uh, help me, you know, do well in soccer. You know, it, it just became that, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. But I have to do it because my mentors told me I was supposed to. Well, that went for about five years. But then, after about five years, um, I met some people mm-hmm. that um, it was clear to me that they had touched something in mm-hmm. the Lord, if I can say it like that. Yeah, supernaturally. Yeah, and my heart, and I'll never forget, I was with, I was with my friend Jim Perry at the time. Uh, we were driving from a friend's house. It was on a Sunday afternoon. And, I, and I'll never forget a saying to him, I go, man, Jim, I need to give my whole heart to Jesus. Mm. Like I remember uh, corner of Palmy Road and Babcock, <laughs> right? I mean, it was right there. And I remember just, the, uh, it was a very distinct desire. And, uh, and like you said, it was supernatural. And so that began to go to me beginning to hear stories about men and women throughout history who prayed and actually prayed long hours. I mean, wow. that was such a strange idea to me. But because of the desire. radical people. <laughs> because, yeah. But because of the desire that I felt, it made sense. Because I went, that's the only way you can do that is by desire. It mm. can't just be by rote discipline. It just, it just doesn't work. And so I kind of began to kind of pursue that, if I can, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah. and and uh, extended times of prayer began to make more sense, and and uh, and you know the Lord began to do what he did. His disciples asked for He began to teach me how to pray, yeah. right? And so in the middle of that is when I began to I began uh, began curious about the passages where Jesus prayed all night. It, it, I was, I was, I was like, I was like, what's going on over here? What's up mm. with this praying through the night thing? And I remember asking my mentors about that and, and just with the, with quite feverish curiosity going, Hey, is this even possible? Is, does this even work? Can I do this? And how does it work? And how was Jesus able to do that? And I was asking all kinds of questions and, uh, and I was 20, 21 years old and not wow. even knowing that the Lord at that time was, was really preparing my heart for something down the road, which wasn't even in my sight. And so I remember trying once or twice all night prayer and just like failing at it miserably because, you know, you I didn't have enough sense to know that you got to sleep and rest. And so, you know, I'm up all day and I try to pray through the night, me and my friend Jim actually, and, and then the next morning to go to school and then, you know, falling asleep, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then and then the discouragement that would come with that because I wanted it so badly. Mm-hmm. And, but I, rem- I I imagined the Lord looking at me, smiling, going, don't worry about it. I've got a context for you where you'll be able to walk out that desire. And, wow. uh, and so my wife and I, Esther, we moved to Kansas City. And um, um, I remember talking with Mike and 
and uh, uh, wanted to join IHOP at that particular time, and, and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, where's the area where you need the most help? And he's like, well, we could use some help in the night watch. And I said, well, let me talk to my wife about it, and, and we'll do it. And to be honest with you, again, it was that desire thing, right? There was no real sense of the Lord telling me to wow. do this, that, and the other. It was that I said, sure, let's do it. And so I jumped in the night watch to help, and what I thought was going to be a couple-year help turned into a 20-year journey of help. And uh, now along the way, there were moments where I had some things where the Lord spoke some things to me. But I would say that the that the journey started with desire and the overarching reality of it was uh, was desire as well. Well, let's dive into that a little more because I feel like where we are in the American church right now is there's no hunger. Mm. There's no hunger. There's no pressing in for more of God. And we've got this, uh, you know, idea of grace that it just we just sit there and you know, unless God deeply puts a desire in our heart or something, we don't move. Um, what does that look like practically to spend six or eight hours in prayer at night? Uh, what does that look like? Do you have your Bible open? You know, are you, you know, interceding fiercely all the time? But how do you uh, stir up hunger, I guess, for the Lord too? Well, it's a couple of things. I mean, you know, I, I think that well, the two parts of that answer is that it comes down to what kind of message do we present to the saints, right? Mm. What, what is the gospel? What is the end goal of the gospel? If God is the end goal of the gospel, then your messaging looks one way and it awakens hunger in the hearts of the hearers. Wow. If the end goal of the gospel is our own happiness and comfort, um, then we have put people on a pathway mm. that actually leads to a lack of hunger. So it really starts to bringing the subject of God that's so good, the back, knowledge of God. Back front and center to the pulpits of the nation, talking about him, mm -hmm. expounding on him. You know, the Apostle Paul, one of my favorite verses, he says, he says, to me was given the grace um, to make known the unsearchable riches of Christ, right? He says, I, he says he, in other words, what he's saying is, is, he says, this man is so magnificent in all of his glory and splendor that I don't have words enough to describe him. And so I need grace on my lips in order to be able to articulate who he is. We, we need preachers yes. that come back to that place of discovering the awe of who he is. And that becomes the goal of the reason why we preach. Jesus even said in John 17, he says, Father, I've declared to them your name. Yes. My entire ministry was about making you know. So that's the first part. Secondly, um, was Prayer in the night was six hours of state. No, I tell you what's the, I tell you what faithful prayer looks like. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Oh wait a minute, why is the music so loud? Oh man, oh, my ears are hurting. Oh man, oh it's cold right now. Oh man, oh man, I've been distracted for the last twenty minutes. Oh wait a minute. Oh hi Lord, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right? That is what faithful sustained prayer looks like. Yes. It looks like minds that are easily distracted, bodies that are tired. Um, you know, praying and falling asleep, and then you kind of wake up, you think you went somewhere in the spirit, but the truth, you actually fell asleep. You know, that is what it actually looks like. And so, and, and it means so much to the Lord. So that much to the that. Lord. Yeah. And I yeah. think, as I was exposed to y'all many years ago, and I read Mike Bickle's Passion for Jesus book, you know, as a college student, right, when I was yeah. 18, 19. But I think hanging out with Corey Russell and people like you guys have, have shown me that God can take weak vessels 
and imperfect prayers and use them for his glory, right? Because we is all he has. Oh, yeah. That's all he's got. <laughs> yeah. and, and we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to think about this in a religious mindset. Um, and I love what you said about the knowledge of God because as we see him um, and we look at him and we realize how good he is, that actually produces passion 100%. and desire, right, yeah. in our own lives. Um, you know, we have delegated you know, a prayer meeting to the back room of most churches in American culture. We are, you know, we think about the few women in, our, in the churches that are like, woo, those are the intercessors. We haven't, as pulpit ministries, a lot of times, stirred up that in, you know, ordinary people in the body of Christ. How do you communicate that being a part of a Christian lifestyle or discipline? Yeah, uh, a couple things. Uh, w w the good news is that I, I think it's changing. That's the good news. You know, um, having been a part of House of Prayer for the last 24 years, um, therefore kind of making a lot of us kind of observers in terms of the trends of prayer within the church. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the trend going the right direction, yep. right? It, it may not go as fast as I would want it to go, but the Lord goes, I didn't ask your opinion. He goes, <laughs> he goes let me lead and you follow. I'm like, oh, yes, sir. You know, and so I see the trend shifting and, and believe it or not, one of the areas where I see the trend shifting a lot is, is among the young people. Yeah. Because I remember when I started this journey of desire, uh, trying to lead prayer meeting within the context of my college campus, and my gosh, I mean, it was like pulling teeth, <laughs> right? But when you hear an, uh, a, a, a college days of prayer, when you hear of uh, Luke 18, and yes. when you hear what is happening within Campus Crusade and University, where leaders are grabbing a hold of a vision for prayer, and young adults actually wanted to learn in prayer. Even what happened in Asbury, you know, I mean, just the, just the swoosh of the spirit. At the end of the day, it was guys giving themselves to 24-7 prayer for three plus weeks, right? Yeah. And and so, so, so something is changing in that regard. In terms of, an, um, again, how we talk to people about it is we, 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 again, we put the vision of God before people. I think that's the real key thing is we put the vision of God before people, number one. And I, secondly, I think we put before people that this is what God created us. Yeah. He created us for us to be in communion with him. Unrelated to 24-7 context, just as human beings, we were designed by God to be in communion with him. And it is through that communion that his government is manifested in the earth. Yes. That, he's, that God in his sovereignty has chosen to not manifest certain things outside mm -hmm. of the context of his people being in communion with him. And uh, and we so are in, and we are in communion with him, related to two very basic things, related to his character, it's called worship, yep. and related to his action, it's called intercession. And so when we agree with God in terms of what He said He's going to do, that's called intercession. Mm -hmm. When we agree with God about who He says that He is, that's called worship. And so when we interact with God around His character and who He mm -hmm. is. And we interact with God around what he said he's going to do. That's called communion. And that communion moves our hearts. Yes. It moves God's heart. It moves angels. And it moves demons. So good. You know, we as a ministry are trying to build habits in people's hearts as it relates to America. How do we pray for our elected officials, our city, state, nation? How do we vote in every election and engage with our communities? And and my burden, one of my burdens, Stuart, knowing, you know, I've walked with members of Congress for over 16 years and mm -hmm. seeing them go to Washington, D.C. and be left like missionaries with no prayer support, 
no, you know, their, their level of friendships start shrinking and shrinking and shrinking down the longer they serve mm. and they're uncovered. And we let the enemy come in and we see them, uh, you know, we're seeing ethics scandals, we're seeing sexual immorality in our leaders, ministry leaders and political leaders. Mm-hmm. When you're standing or you're counseling someone to stand there in the place of intercession before the Lord and to cry out for their government leaders or their city or their state, that sounds so ethereal. Uh, what is that position of authority they have in that place? And, well, and why is that important? Like the most important thing that they could do? Again, we want to pray for government officials. Um, I, I have a selfish reason why I pray for government officials. <laughs> and the selfish reason is, it says in Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, because it pleases God. Mm-hmm. The, the sense of his pleasure when praying for leaders. Mm. That's, again, it goes back to the desire thing, right? It, and, uh, the Lord actually touches our hearts with his pleasure when we pray for wow. those in authority. Yes. Because it pleases the Father. So that's the first thing. Secondly, is that um, when it comes to governmental officials, when it comes to leaders, um, there is a lot of spiritual activity that's involved, mm-hmm. right? There, there is the oppositions of powers of darkness. And, uh, and so, uh, like we see in Daniel chapter 10, you know, the angel comes to Daniel and he says, he says to Daniel, I've come because of your words. Mm-hmm. And so when we speak words, it actually releases angels, number one. Number two, when the angel came toward to Daniel, the angel was opposed by a principality. Yep. But Daniel doesn't know that. Daniel keeps praying. He knows that later on. He doesn't know that he keeps praying, and another angel is dispatched to dislodge the power of darkness. And then the angel comes to Daniel and then gives him information. And so, so when we're praying for... Uh, you know, a governmental committee leader or a congressman or a senator, the president of the United States. Yeah. There are powers of darkness that are involved. When we lift our voice, there are angels that are released. Yes. And and uh, and and I don't know how it all works. I don't want to get in, I don't want to get involved in the proportionality, but I do know this: more good happens when we pray. Yes. And more evil happens when we don't. Yes. And uh, um, and so that's why it's important to pray. And then, and then you know, thirdly, like you said, um, because of all the spiritual activity that manifests in all kinds of ways, um, it releases a lot of pressures on weak and broken human beings. Yes. And um, and when that pressure gets too much, you know, we begin to gravitate towards all kinds of things mm-hmm. outside of Jesus. And so. So when we pray for leaders, we're you know we're asking even for the Holy Spirit to yes. to minister to them, believer or unbeliever, for the Spirit to actually come to them, uh, for the Lord to send a prophetic person to them to give them, you know, a prophetic word or a word of encouragement or yes. to send a, a gospel messenger to them to to present the gospel of Jesus to them and give them hope. And so, uh, so yeah, so intercession uh, for our government and for leaders is very 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 important. And we're leaving our churches and our ministry leaders and our pastors uncovered as well. Mm-hmm. We can go into all that. I, I love how y'all in this one room uh, for 24 years uh, pray for Israel, pray mm-hmm. for the nations, pray for America, 
pray for the unborn, pray for injustices. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing and it's what we're called to do. And we underestimate the power of that. You know, a lot of people that listen to us know that in 2021, um, Christians Engage was denied our tax exempt status by the IRS. We were the national ministry that where the IRS sent me a letter saying that Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican party and candidates, if you can believe that. And we were denied and we had to fight the Internal Revenue Service. Here's my little tiny board of directors. And we were leading this national fight. Um, and our friends at First Liberty Institute, Kelly Shackelford, took a IRS appeal. And I went on TV and, you know, and I love the end of the story, though, Stuart, because it was day 21. I got the letter saying, we're sorry. We're apologizing. Here's your tax exempt status. So it's like Daniel. It was like Daniel, right? And I tell that story a lot because I believe that God was hearing the prayers of his people. What we were calling them to, to pray for America, to intercede and to engage. I mean, they were sending letters to the IRS from around the country. People were active and, and God heard those prayers and the principality over the nation uh, was pushed back. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if we could have had a panoramic view <laughs> of, of, what, of, what, of what was happening for those 21 days, right? Because yeah. here your supporters started praying and they had no idea that the moment they lifted their voice, there were angels dispatched to come towards Christian Engage. Yep. And for 21 days, there was all kinds of things taking place that resulted in a letter of an apology. It was it was beautiful. And people were um, writing us from all over the nation. I was on Fox many times and like every conservative and Christian newspaper was covering this. Like we were the, the, the you know, the fight, right, for the national um, ministries. Because this could have affected every church and ministry all over the nation if this had stood, right? We can't preach the Bible uh, because it's partisan. No. Um, So God heard this prayer, but I know you guys, um, as we're ending here, and I want to pray over people that we will go deeper into specifically national intercession, but you guys have some amazing stories as relates to seeing God answer prayer. Can you give us a couple of those or one of those? Oh, my And it could be for individuals. It could be for regions. Yeah, you know, uh, there's there's two that come to my mind, but the, the first one that comes to mind was, um, back when I had first started, I want to say it was within the first two years, uh, one of our intercessors uh, was praying on our microphone. And I can't quite remember what started it or why she even went there. But all of a sudden, she begins to pray for the uh, for the ending of child pornography. Mm. And, uh, and it, it was noticeable to everyone that the atmosphere in the room changed her voice changed there there was an authority that just came resting on her yes and and so she prayed you know for the lord to uh to fight on behalf of the children and so forth well literally the next day the largest uh, child pornography ring within our area got exposed oh wow literally the next day and the way it got exposed was a total fluke what had happened was the the repo the repo people went to repossess someone's car and in the process of apprehending the car, they found the material. So they weren't even looking for child pornography, they were looking for a car. Mm. And they looked where they found material. And, then and God it, exposed and, it. And then exposed the, you know, the, whole, the whole thing. Um, another one is, uh, that comes to my mind was, uh, it was a very similar thing. We had one of our worship leaders had just come back from, uh, from Mexico. Um, um, this was really at the beginning of where a lot of the, the tension 
around the Mexican border began to increase. Mm -hmm. I would I want to say about ten plus years ago when it mm. really just kind of ratcheted up and just the violence and whatnot. And oh, so yeah. so he came back and was really kind of stirred by what was happening. So he gets in the microphone and and he starts praying for and um, uh, for the Lord to for the Lord to pour out His Spirit on the border. Which by the way, that in itself is a whole different subject. Mm -hmm. I think if we would just kind of calm down a little bit and ask the Spirit yes, to break out on the border. Yes. Then, He's a lot better at dealing with stuff, but yeah. he's called the Lord of the Nations after all. Yeah. But um, so what happens is, is um, he prays, and then our uh, another one of our leaders, this is the Night Watch, actually gets on. And I remember stepping out just for a second, and I come back, and I was and I was going, what is going on? And again, the same thing, the authority that was resting mm -hmm. on this leader as she was praying, and and uh, sure enough, the next day, it was the at that time it was the largest. Uh, drug bust that happened, you know, on the border. Wow. You know, I think it's like five hundred million dollars of, you know, some drug thing, you know, and so, so, and we've seen, we've seen several examples like with, with human trafficking, same thing, where uh, 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 an intercessor would pray, you know, for the end of human trafficking, sometimes for a specific area, and then the next mm. day it would headline in the news that that you know the, uh, a drug uh, a human trafficking ring got you know, got exposed and so forth. But then we also have had some more, um, for like, I hate to use the term, but some more spiritually oriented ones yeah. where um, with uh, with YWAM, you know, we've had a really good relationship with, with YWAM. You did YWAM, right? Yeah, Youth of the Mission, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, this is back some years ago. They had a 50-day focus of a gospel engagement in New Zealand. Mm. And they'd asked us to, to pray for them. So we covered um, them for 50 days of intercession. And, wow. and by their own reports, they were saying that uh, the results that they saw were historic in nature, and they attributed it to the prayers of the saints. And so, so, so the prayer advances the gospel. It affects things so within good. society. It saves children. I mean, there's lots of things that happen because of prayer. Well, that's a perfect way to end this, that we underestimate the power of prayer when we put it at the bottom of our even our ministry list in our churches and our ministries when it right. actually should be premier. It should be number one, right. right? As we connect with God and we connect around his heart and what he wants to do, That's right. uh, pray his prayers for our nation. Um, Stuart, will you just pray? I know we've got a lot of people that interact with us from different denominations, different churches. Prayer looks different in their church culture than it sure. does here. Um, but God is pulling them into more sure. hunger yeah. and, and thirsting after him. And, and they want to see that happen. They want to see God move in this nation. Um, will you pray for them specifically and everyone listening that God will take us into a greater level of prayer? Yeah, journey? you know, I, I want to say this real quickly. You know, when the the, um, the the Bible tells us that the prayers of the saints are precious to the Lord. Yes. Right? So it's more than us designing prayer. He really wants to talk with us and he really wants us to talk to him. Yes. Uh, it says in the Song of Solomon that our voice to him is lovely and it's sweet to him. It, it actually touches the heart of God. Uh, James tells us that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. That he is very active. He's very involved in that whole thing. And so my prayer um, is going to be that that um, that the Lord would begin to strengthen the hearts of the saints yes. with understanding how much he desires his people and how much he enjoys it when he, he enjoys the conversation. Yes. He enjoys the relationship. That changes everything. As a father... We thank you, Lord, for um, who you are, Lord. Yes, it says in your word that in your presence, 
there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore that you are the God of infinite gladness you are the God of joy and you're the God of holy and righteous desire and pleasure and that you father you enjoy the conversation with your children yes and father I ask you Lord even just for the ones who are listening or are watching and those who will listen to watch the father down the road Lord I just pray Lord that you would release father the 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 wind of your spirit on their hearts on your minds on their minds Lord and that you would have your spirit father take things Lord that are true about you your character your nature your ways your longings your desire your wisdom but I pray that your spirit Lord would release an awakening deep in the hearts of your people deep within our spirits deep within our minds Lord, that you would awaken hearts, Father, to the truth of who you are, Lord. That you would have a people, Lord, that would um, interact, Father, with your beauty. Psalm 27, 4. They would interact with your beauty. They would engage with it. And, Father, they would inquire. They would ask things of you, concerning you, concerning your plans, Lord, for their lives, for the lives of their family, for the lives... Uh, and the direction of of, your, uh, of this country, and ultimately, Lord, for the life and the direction of your church and the earth. Yes. So, Father, I ask you, Lord, for a spirit of grace and a spirit of supplication, and that, Jesus, that you would continue to answer the cry of your disciples, which is, Lord, teach us mm. how to pray. Would I pray, Lord, that you would visit us, Lord, and teach us how to pray and, and how to interact with the Father in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. A amen. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Every Monday morning at 8.30, we release a new uh, conversation with Christians Engaged. And you can access this um, on YouTube, on Rumble, on Facebook Live, on wherever you get your audio pods. Ask people to subscribe. But, you know, a lot of times we're diving into hot topic issues as it relates to biblical understanding. But there's nothing more important than coming to the place of prayer and asking God to use us in this moment. So... Stuart, thank you so much uh, for God joining us. Um, Executive you. Director at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Check out his book, False Justice, and check out his appearance on our Biblical Justice class. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We wanna empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that and we need your help. I wanna say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International. As we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out The Stream, make it your homepage and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app 
is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app. Check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.